Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Listening to Crunch Time. Gave it a whack. Oh, he's put it through too. There's the old familiar bicep flex. So margin now out to 84. I've undersold your old mob. I went soft. Well, who would have thought this at the start of the second quarter where Carlton kicked three in a row and we thought, hang on. So ball goes to the outer side. Can Port get one then? Marshall, no. Siren sounds. Ends the game. Port Adelaide win 21-14, 1-40. Carlton. 5-15-45. The fearful of impact such a heavy loss might have on the chances of you keeping your job. Oh, look, it doesn't help. I understand that. Um, in terms of the pattern of behaviour, that's our first really big loss. Um, so, um, yeah, timing's not great, but in terms of where we're where we've been and, and, and the way the guys approached it at the start, I thought we cracked in, I thought our pressure and our ball use and we used it well early. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it may not help, but again, I, I think it's one game. I think over the year, um, over the year we've been, we've been pretty competitive, but we've got some growth, and that's where we're at at the moment. But have you been told how the review will be played out now with you and your football department? Uh, no, no, I, I, I know there's some conversations had uh, late this week, um, and from there they're going to spend a bit of time um, discussing that, so... Um, as far as I know, I'll probably find out um, after after round 23 what their, their times are. The depleted Blues look like they might have caused an early upset. In the second quarter, they were up by 23 points for Port Adelaide, stamped their authority and kicked 19 straight goals. What happens next at Carlton? There's the siren sounds... Alistair Clarkson is going to depart Launceston a winner. The Hawks by 27 points, kicking the last six goals of the game. And a bit of gloss comes off the Bulldogs on the way to the finals. So Joe Danaher, three score involvements already, looking for his second goal of the night. Stumps the ball from just inside 50. He makes no mistake. He cherishes those Joe Danaher. The clean it together, defensive spoil. Hunting the pack was Campbell. Shoots a handball to Florent, who has just pushed off his kick, but it still is a goal for Florent. That might make it really tough now for North Melbourne. Who mounted a real charge at the start, but the Swans are flexing their muscles. And there is a siren, so Geelong go to the top of the AFL ladder. Courtesy of a 14-point win over the Saints, whose season is now over. And the Cats is just getting going. And it was a super Saturday of footy. All sorts of results. The Dogs all of a sudden look vulnerable. Hawks have won three in a row.
Brisbane were red hot. They put the pies to the sword. And the Swans, just too good in the end for North Melbourne. And the Cats, led by Paddy Dangerfield and a returning Jeremy Cameron, now sit atop of the AFL ladder with a round and a bit to go. Heaps to get through on the round 22 edition of Sunday Crunch Time. Yes, indeed. Good morning or good afternoon to you, wherever you might be listening, however you might be listening to us. Wonderful to have your company at the MCG on a sunbathed surface at the greatest stadium on earth. A perfect winter's day in Melbourne. And uh, we are absolutely at the pointy end of the regular season, looking ahead to finals. And there is a heap that we've got on the agenda this afternoon. In about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by Calamar Chi. Brisbane Lions, that was their ninth score above 100 this year. No team has more scores over 100. And the Lions, after a shaky few weeks, are back in a big, big way and within striking distance of the top four. So a lot to work through. Couldn't think of any two better humans to spend the afternoon with uh, than the two sitting across from me at the moment. The former docker, uh, the former son, uh, Michael Barlow. Good afternoon, mate. Good afternoon, Sammy. Good to be on board. Yeah, it's uh, been a, a weird couple of weeks of footy, hasn't it? Heading into what's going to be an exciting final series when we get to it. Not sure when it's going to happen, if there's going to be a buy, what's going to happen, but uh, it's nearly upon us. You can get involved all day on the social feedback for Summit Internet. Faster business internet. Head to at AFL Nation on Twitter. Uh, Johnny Barker, the former Lion, the former Hawk, and probably uh, and uh, on a day like today, after a day like yesterday, the most poignant part of your resume that we'll need to be focusing on is former assistant coach of the Carlton Footy Club. Mate, it's not going to be an easy afternoon for you, but it's wonderful to have you here in part of AFL Nation. Oh, it's good to be here. Geez, how good is the G <laughs> when it's sun-filled like it is at the moment? A um, couple, uh, couple of teams heading towards finals, starting to flex their muscles, aren't they? Port Adelaide yesterday, obviously against my old mob, and... Um, Brizzy just stamping some authority as, as they wander into the uh, final series with one game to go. And an old coach flexing a little bit of muscles on the way out too, which is an, which is an interesting aside, Sammy. It certainly is. So the winners yesterday, Hawthorne by 27 points over the Dogs down in Tassie. That's two in a row now that uh, the Bulldogs have lost. It's their lowest score for the year, and that's saying a lot. They kicked five goals, and for Hawthorne to keep the number one scoring side in the competition to just five, five goals, and it was their lowest possession count for the year too, which might just be a little inkling, a little clue into how to unlock the dogs. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. And wonderful scenes at the end of that game as Alistair Clarkson said goodbye to the Hawks faithful uh, down in Tassie. Geelong, top spot of the AFL ladder, a 14-point win over the Saints who kicked the first five goals and Geelong sort of begrudgingly got into gear and did what they needed to do to, to get another win and to go top of the AFL table. Tom Hawkins will be looked at, um, might be in some trouble for a dangerous tackle on Dara Joyce who was subbed out uh, after he was planted into the deck by Tom Hawkins. And Paddy Dangerfield going to be looked at as well, which I think he'll be fine, though. Brisbane, 95-point winners over Collingwood. 22 goals they were able to kick. Uh, they were massive, especially uh, starting from the second quarter. In the second and third quarter, they put on 14 goals uh, across those two, and that's without Eric Hipwood and Cam Rayner. Uh, Port Adelaide, 95-point winners as well over Carlton. 119-point turnaround, 23 points up in the second quarter 
were the Blues. They didn't score a goal after half time. And at 16 goals in a row, that was a season record. But they decided to go a few better Port Adelaide and put 19 on the board without reply. And North Melbourne were gallant in that loss against the Swans. They got to within four points early in the last quarter. Swans too good in the end. So that's the winners yesterday. Calamar Cheetah join us very shortly uh, from a Brisbane Lions perspective. But why don't we start down in Tassie? Uh, Johnny Barker, and uh, for a man who's been told his services are no longer required, Alistair Clarkson continues to show why he is the greatest coach in the modern era. Um, he's beaten uh, – they've drawn to Melbourne, a top-four side. They've just beaten a top-four side in the Western Bulldogs, and they've won three in a row. And a lot of it's come down to the coaching masterclass put on by Alistair Clarkson. He just keeps uh, adding little ex- exclamation marks on his way out, doesn't he? And, yes. and, and um, you've you got this feeling that he's hating every minute of it, <laughs> too, <laughs> making sure that uh, he, he has a couple of wins um, as he wanders off into the sunset. But, look, you know, he is a, he is a master. We, we all know that. Um, there's no doubt that that two- or three-week period where there was some angst, the takeover, what's happening. He came out and franked it one, one Friday yep. the next week. Actually, I'm not going to stay. Home. I'm going to wander off. It's, not, it's the best thing for the club. Um, yeah, so now that they've got clean air, he's, he's been able to, to uh, mastermind a couple of very mm. good performances. And you sort of get this feeling in, in, in something, I, yeah, I think you know a few of the old Hawthorne boys too. He doesn't mm. mind coming against a couple of you know, his old protégés. He, he likes... Loves it. He likes... Pulling them apart, I know he's always enjoyed his uh, strategic build-up um, versus Dimmer and um, Luke Beveridge. Obviously, Luke yesterday. Beveridge yesterday with the with the with the dogs, but um, it just got it done. And you know, it's it's always historically it's been a hard place to score mm. um, large amounts uh, at Launceston, but their ability to shut down um, shut down their use around the ball was uh, was significant yesterday, and Clarko knew that going in. Mickey B, you're a midfield maestro. That's uh, how we come to know you. And for the second week in a row, a, a midfield... Uh, obviously, they didn't have Trelaw last week, but Trelaw and Dunkley are back for the Western Bulldogs. McRae, Bontempelli, Liberatore, very, one of the deepest midfields in the competition for the second week in a row has been beaten for clearance and contested ball. They, Hawthorne won 12 out of 14 centre clearances at one point uh, in that game and uh, or won 10 out of the 14 centre clearances in that game. And that's um, a bit of a concern coming into finals that they're losing contested ball and they're losing clearance. Yeah, absolutely. And it was evident right from the start that the Hawks had a plan around the Stars. So Bontempelli, he does end with 31 possessions, but 19 of those handballs. So from the first five minutes, it was run down uh, twice, holding the ball. Well, holding the ball once and then dispossessed on a second occasion. They just gave those players no space to get that first flick handball out, which then creates a domino effect. One flick handball, two flick handball, and they burst that immediate bubble and, and and get their game going. They really protected the corridor really well, the Hawks. So there was a lot of selfless roles. Those high half forwards for the Hawks were on team defence, just you know working backwards, defending the corridor and making sure they couldn't get opened up through there. So to keep the doggies to 5-7-37 um, is just remarkable, isn't it? And, and you've gone through all the numbers in terms of disposals, only 346, um, only 158 handballs of which... Now, they usually go 200 kicks, 200 handballs, and, and just absolutely explode. So a, a big effort um, by Alistair Clarkson and the Hawthorne Football Club. 
and, and no O'Meara and no Warple in that midfield. So a guy like Daniel Howe, who's out of contract at the end of the year, he has his best ever game of his career, and he does it against the best midfield in the comp. If you ever want to win yourself a new contract, uh, both of you would be a lot better place than I to answer this. But having 34 uh, and kicking a goal and having around 700 metres, that's a pretty good way of uh, just trying to get yourself uh, pen to paper. <laughs> didn't work. Didn't work for me in round twenty three at GMHBA <laughs> Stadium. Uh, with, I actually had one more. Let then, it go, uh, mate. Let, it go. <laughs> Let it go, mate. Uh, didn't kick straight. Good to the see day. you moved on <laughs> and aren't bitter at all. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just trying to make a counter argument to your no good. That's uh, hey, look like like the way Daniel how goes about because he's been a bits and pieces player for yep. a, a long time. He's been thrown around everywhere. Played halfback. Played wing. Um, tagged at times. Tagged at times. Yeah, the, then the op- opportunity comes to to sink his teeth into a, an option around the ball and, and to move the discussion a little bit. There's a few at Carlton. Matt Kennedy's one I've been watching closely. Just get to work as a midfielder. You know, and um, when given that opportunity, these players really stand up and and relish it. So well done to Daniel Howe. Three Brownlow votes yesterday on his way. John Newcomb as well. Another one. Yep. Eleven tackles, eighteen possessions of which. Uh, he's just a, a, a ferocious player that plays dog-hungry football. This is uh, a law played last week, thanks to David. Uh, you're 100% right. Uh, the other good story out of that is Connor Downey, who uh, was an injury sub earlier on in the year but never got onto the ground. He got his second game and uh, did a couple of nice things. So good uh, next-generation academy product. A couple of from the text that I'll let you answer, Johnny Barker. Uh, Sammy, our Hawks were 4-1-13 when Clarko pulled the pin on 22. Folks are giving him all the credit for the last three wins, but... We were um, 4-1-13, Sam. So was the coaching like uh, the proverbial till he drew the curtain, question mark? And this has come off the text as well. You can do better than run with Clarko Masterclass Chap. It's lazy journalism. Lucky I'm not a journalist. They've improved out of sight since the announcement of the coaching change and have totally changed personnel, positioning and game plan, which you're the coach in this room. I would my understanding is that that is actually coaching, changing game plan, personnel and positioning. But so for those who are saying, and and it's a valid point they make, is it simplistic to say a Clarkson masterclass or is that exactly what it's been for Hawthorne over the last sort of four or five weeks? Well, I think what's happened from a mindset point of view is there's clean air now. Everyone knows what's going on. There's Mm. no um, dissertation in terms of who who is the boss Mm. going forward. Whereas... Um, there was obviously some argy-bargy <laughs> behind closed doors. Players feel that, and they know that. So now there's clean air. All right, Clarko's going to um, finish off. This is the way we're going to play for the next three or four weeks. He's obviously um, he, he's obviously said, righto, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this is the way we're going to go about it. Sammy's, Sammy's obviously taken a back seat. But you, any way you slice it, it's good coaching. Yep. So at the end of the day, to keep the um, dogs to that sort of score is yep. extraordinary. And and to keep their disposals down. Now, he... So that is game plan, isn't it? Absolutely. They're plus 17 in contested possession. So they've loaded up around the contest. Yep. They've known how important that is. They've got... So there's not many teams that have gone plus 17 or more against the dogs this year in contested possessions. That's around the ball. That's a domination. And they've, they've, they've taken 116 marks. So what they've done is they've just sapped the ability for the dogs to be able to get their hands on it, which is how they drive their energy. So for me, that's great coaching. Yep. Now, that doesn't take away from anything in terms of the, the quality of players or the development the of uh, natural development through the year. Absolutely. But, you know, he, he's... 
He's going out swinging. He is. <laughs> on the dogs, Michael Barlow, so mm. they have to beat Port next week just to make sure that they lock in top four. So, uh, and this is what I'm loving about this season. The top four are currently all play each other next week. So we're not going to know the top four makeup until the last round, which is a wonderful – that is what you Exciting. want in a season. The AFL will be wrapped with that. But the dogs who still haven't ever won a minor premiership in their history, uh, a week ago we're thinking, well, they look likely for that. Now we're talking after one game that, geez, they, they're going to have to be sharp against Port Adelaide who have found their attacking form to make sure that they don't miss out on a double chance. Mm. Absolutely. And if you follow the form, today West Coast should beat Fremantle. GWS enters that side in eighth or potentially eighth. And GWS are, are red hot, red hot at the moment. So the Doggies have a lot to play for next week to shore up that top four position. Just having a look at our injury list, Stefan Martin becomes an interesting watch with what they do in terms of the front half. Jamara Hagen was managed yesterday, but for you know, the Bulldogs fans and supporters to think, okay, he's going to be the answer. Josh Bruce is obviously a big out. What does their front half mix look like? Aaron Norton, if he's you know that one-stop shop, a lot of pressure falls onto him. So is it Stefan Martin? Can he get back to the line and Tim English play a little bit more front half? That's the the way I would suggest they may go. Eugle Hagen will be a watch next week. He'll come back in next week and get an opportunity to, to play his trade in the front half. All right, we're going to skip a couple of games because we've got a special guest on the line. So we will come back to Geelong and St Kilda and we will come back to Port Adelaide and Carlton. But a, a team that uh, has done what no other team has been able to do and they've done it more often than any other team has been able to do. No one's kicked over 100 points nine times this year. But the Brisbane Lions have. Uh, they got six from Charlie Cameron. They got three first half and five in total from Joe Danaher. Uh, they got three from McStay. They got goals from McCarthy and Cockatoo and then uh, Kalamachi as well who um, had five tackles in his 15 disposals, a bit two of those inside 50, five score involvements as well and a goal assist uh, in what was a, a really important role played yesterday in the Lions, massive 95 point win over the Pies at the Gabba, they're back home at the Gabba and uh, didn't the fans relish that and didn't the Lions love being back and Kalamachi's been good enough to jump on the line with us, Callum hello mate. Hey guys, thanks for having me uh, no, it's our pleasure. Does it look like one of those games after quarter time where everything that could go right uh, and everything that you wanted to go right absolutely did? Yeah, no, well, that was the, the big thing. Like we, uh, similar to last week, we wanted to start very well, and um, uh, you know that's been a big focus over the last few weeks. Um, obviously, we've played our best footy in patches over the last month, but uh, we wanted to start well on the weekend, and and we did, and uh, yeah, finished off. Uh, with a with a pretty good win, so um, it's good uh, heading into to next week and heading into finals to get some momentum going. Cal Michael Barlow here. Nice to hear your voice. And you've mentioned <laughs> your teams. Your, you've mentioned your team's focus over the last couple of weeks. But uh, what's been your particular focus over the last couple of weeks? A new addition into your life and your lovely partner's life. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, interesting. I've, I've become a, a dad over over the last month. Uh, a uh, little baby boy, Ivor. Um, yeah, he came into the world last month, and a um, little bit of energy um, away from footy has been put into him. So it's been uh, it's been awesome so far. I'm loving fatherhood, and um, Loz has been an amazing mother so far. And uh, yeah, it's just good to be back in Brisbane. To be honest, we were away for a little bit um, in Perth and Tassie, so um, it's good to be back with them and um, you know putting focus into him. So when I come home, you know, I'm not just thinking about footy. It's about you know um, my son and, and Loz. So. Uh, it's been really good so far, and uh, yeah, loving it. 
And you do mention you've been on the road for a fair part of the last little period of the season, back in Brisbane, feeling comfortable about that. And that showed last night a really good patch of form. And then West Coast next week at home. So you guys can look forward to a little bit of continuity heading in to the September assault. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been good. It was it was good to play at the Gabber again, obviously, in, in front of our home fans. Um, and it's just good to be back and busy with the whole group because, um, you know, a few of the boys obviously didn't get to make a trip over. So um, just to be around the group and, and to be back and busy has been, been fantastic. So um, loving it here and the, and the weather's a lot better. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, we can... We can uh, Come up against West Coast with a, with a good win, with a good win, and um, take some momentum going into the finals, and uh, hopefully the fans can can turn up. It'd be nice. Calm, Johnny Barker here, mate. Um, one of your uh, one of your teammates, Mitchie Robertson. Now I had the pleasure of um, spending a bit of time with him. Pleasure. Some 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 coaches wouldn't call it a pleasure spending time with um, Mitch. Uh, we love Robert. Was there any uh, repercussions when he decided to half jump over uh, the coach? Chris Fagan and, and, and push him over and uh, oh my god! <laughs> what does Fags do about that sort of thing? I think um, because it was Robbo, he let it slide. I was, I was saying to the boys, if it was any any of us, then we'd probably get dropped. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I think he let that stuff slide. Robbo, he's a bloke who sort of brings energy to the team, and um, everyone was pretty shocked to be honest when that happened. But uh, yeah, yeah, Robbo just brings the fun to the team, and he's. Uh, Someone you want on your team, but um, you know if you're coming up against him, you probably don't you don't want to play against him. So uh, we love Robbo and, and Fags loves him, so it's good. <laughs> now, now, in all seriousness, um, you can see that with some of your players, it's almost like they're allowed to to have their own personality, and, yep. and they're not moulded and, and shaped and and and, and yep. battered into a into a specific um, type. And you know, having worked with Chris at, at Hawthorne. It just looks like he's allowing players to be themselves, obviously within a system. Mm. But can you explain yeah. that to the people at home that are, that, are, that are sitting there seeing the way you guys go about it? Yeah, I think that's what I love about Brisbane. I love about Fags is that um, he just embraces that everyone's different. Um, and I think that's why we sort of work so well together. And, and that's why boys just enjoy coming to the club because they're, they're just able to be themselves. Um, yeah. And I think um, I found that a little bit difficult over the last, you know, few years just to sort of to be myself around, you know, a, a footy team. And um, coming to Brizzy, it's just been, yeah, you're just able to come in and enjoy playing footy and and, uh, and being yourself. And um, all the boys are really tight and I, I love the group, And but it, it makes it so much easier when you've got a head coach who, who embraces that and, um, you know, allows everyone just to bring their strengths. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just going to take... Uh, this momentum uh, into the rest of the season because the boys are feeling really good around each other and, and the group's back together again. So, um, yeah, no, we're all loving it and, uh, you know, hopefully we can we can get a win this week. Yeah, brilliant. Now, look, off the text, we've got, a, we've got someone who's just wanted to know. Um, you had a three-week run there where you lost games. Did you put your finger... Was it, did you put it down to anything specific or was a balance of things? How did you go about that? Because your, your last few games have been outstanding. Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest things was how we were starting. Um, probably didn't yeah. come out with the energy and um, enthusiasm that, that we normally bring. Um, so that's been just a massive focus over the last couple of weeks. It's just making sure we come out from the start, from the warm-up, um, all the boys just getting around each other, making sure the energy's up. Um, yep. And I've seen that over the last couple of weeks, just like, 
you know, we're in the change rooms and the, you can just tell that the boys are ready to go. So um, that's honestly been, been one of the, the bigger things is just making sure we're coming out with a bang. Um, so that'll be another focus, you know, coming into next week. So, yeah. Shop early. Uh, we're speaking yep. to Calamachi on Sunday crunch time. Cal, on a, on a more serious note, but, but an important one, um, obviously mm-hmm. the events that happened in Adelaide with Taylor Walker and Robbie Young sent shockwaves through yeah. the game and uh, mm-hmm. really through around the country. Um, I know that th- this is an area that Brisbane do a tonne of work on. You know, you yep. as players, along with Chris Fagan and your welfare officer, Andrew Crowell, um, you actually mm-hmm. took them to, to a Black Lives Matter march, a peaceful protest, and um, this is yep. a space that you guys do a lot of work in. I know how proud you are of Inungup in Jarrup and near Kena um, heritage. How have you felt it personally this week, and how as a club have you tackled it? Yeah, obviously uh, pretty frustrating. Um, you know, it's 2021 and this stuff's still happening um, and it's happening at the highest level which is frustrating as well um, but yeah we, we've just been trying to unite together um, we know as a club that we don't stand for that stuff um, but we've got to try our best to educate people uh, more um, the boys have, have been really good we've got a really tight brotherhood here at the club and um, our indigenous players are, are really close um, and want to drive um, the, the stuff in the indigenous space um, but yeah, it's just frustrating to see this stuff keeps happening. But um, I think at the end of the day, um, it's got to be um, the onus is on you know non-indigenous people to to actually listen and and educate themselves because you know you see like blokes like Eddie Betts, um, Shawnee Burgoyne, um, blokes like Nicky Winmar, all these guys have done a massive amount of work in this space, but people still aren't listening. So I think um, you know the onus has got to be on non-indigenous people to actually want to learn. Um, and get better because, um, you know, I think Indigenous players and Indigenous people in the community are doing so much, but it's got to get to the point where um, it just becomes natural for people to call it out. Um, So, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully um, we can stamp it out, but, um, yeah, we definitely have to do more in the AFL. But I know um, Brisbane are doing a fantastic job and um, they're really supportive of of their Indigenous players and and multicultural players as well. So, um, yeah, it's disappointing, but... Um, we've just got to move forward and, and keep getting better. Well said, well said, mate. Well said, Cal. Well said, mate. Uh, one, to, one to finish from mine. I'm looking through your team, and gee whiz, it's a second-chance lotto all the way through. Lockie Neal, second club, Jared Lyons, third, um, <laughs> yourself, Grant Birchall, all yep. that. Who is your most important player in that side? <laughs> Tricky one to finish Ooh. for you. <laughs> Mickey, that's tough. It is tough. Oh. Joey Danaher hasn't not kicked a goal all year, so I'll answer for you. I reckon Joey's you know what? important to you, Cal. Do you know what, Cal? Mm. Because we've got to actually hit a break at a set time. Time's actually going to run out on us. So I'm going to step in and save you, mate, from having to make that no, call and alienate yourself from the rest of your teammates. Mate, thank you so much for joining us. Well done on last night. Good luck with West Coast next week and the finals after that. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mickey, for the tough question. Good on you, Cal. <laughs> Good luck, Thanks, Cal. Uh, Calamachi, yeah. with us. Uh, you can get involved on the Southern Phone open line. Great value NBN broadband offers from Southern Phone. Switch to Southern Phone. Uh, Scott Burns is going to join us a little later in the program. We'll work our way through the big issues out of all of yesterday's games. On the other side of this, Sam Hargraves, Michael Barlow, John Barker, Sunday Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time. Barker, Michael Barlow, sit across from me, Sam Hargraves as well, and uh, we've got plenty on the agenda. Scott Burns from the Adelaide Footy Club to join us next. Of course, they'll be in action here at the MCG today.
today. A few of them out uh, on the wide expanses, just checking out the green stuff uh, in pristine conditions, blue skies and sunshine. Uh, the Demons can get up in the top spot if they're able to turn around. Uh, One-point loss against the Crows in round one, uh, round 10 earlier this year. It was a fantastic game of footy, that one. We'll talk about that a little bit closer to the opening bounce. But still some results from yesterday that we need to uh, just work our way through. Uh, we'll start off with Port Adelaide and Carlton. We've got Johnny Barker here, former Carlton assistant coach. And um, big names out of that Carlton side, it must be said, heading into the game. So no Mackay, Jones, uh, Martin, Silvani. Cripps was a withdrawal as well. Um, 23 points up at about the midway point of the second quarter. And you thought, gee, this could be... Uh, we've already had one big upset today with Hawthorne beating the Western Bulldogs. This could be the other one. Or oh, no. 19 goals in a row um, from that point on, and Carlton kept goalless in the second half. Uh, 16 unanswered was a record this year. 19, uh, they just made sure of it, uh, the Port Adelaide Footy Club. Um, it, was a sec- it was a second week in a row, a really slow start to Port Adelaide. They go up into second position, though, on percentage. They're just behind Geelong. We'll get to Carlton in a minute, but from a Port Adelaide point of view, Michael Barlow... So a slow start again. They were slow starters against Adelaide last week. But, geez, didn't they look so much more dangerous up forward with Gray, Fantasia back who got a couple. It means Charlie can kick four. They got um, Laddams and Bergman got in on the act as well. Alira Lear massive again. And Willem yeah, Drew on good. Walsh was a, was a fantastic coaching move because he got 30, but I think most of them were handballs. 10 and 20, yeah. 10 kicks, 20 handballs Walsh. So Willem Drew, he's, he's one that is, his magnet is on the board for finals mm. time. Isn't he's ready. Ready to go, um, and they've, they've found one in there. Again, a player that they've thought, he's a midfielder. Like, let's give him some opportunity and responsibility in there. When you look at the outs for Port Adelaide during the week, it was uh, Powell Pepper. So, you know, Powell mm. Pepper is a very, very good footballer. So that, that shows that they're starting to find a really good mix and a balance, as you alluded to, Sammy, in terms of what is their best, best mix. So at the right time, they're finding that mix. Big operation for them next weekend. You know, it's their final start next week with that matchup against the Bulldogs to say, okay, this top four is ready to be made and shaped and, and let's get to work on it. So it's one of those games, yes, I, I, looking at it, I thought it was going to be danger signs for Carlton because Port Adelaide have a tendency to, at Adelaide Oval, get their tails up a little bit, of which they took a while to get going. And against when they lower did. sides. Yeah, and, and a depleted Carlton. And we'll get to Carlton in a second. So, again, the Port Adelaide situation will continue to be a little bit blurred. <laughs> are they flat track bullies or are they a legitimate they're, contender? They're second on the ladder and haven't beaten anybody Anyone. around yeah. them. So, the, the, they're, they're one of the top five teams and the other four have all beaten Port Adelaide. Mm. So, they're second on the ladder yet haven't beaten a top four side. That just goes to show you how... Uh, I suppose, different this season is being. I don't know if we would have really seen that, John Barker, that you can be second on the ladder but yet not have beaten any of your peers, so to speak. Yeah, look, it makes for an interesting scenario come finals time, doesn't it? Uh, you know, watching yesterday, it, w- it was a little bit of Carlton weren't great and, and Port were really good once they, once they mm. started to flex their muscles. And to be honest with you... Um, their contest yesterday is what impressed me. They were, they were nearly plus forty in contested possessions. Now that is, that's an absolute demolishment. And and that and then you know it's the usual suspects: Ollie Wines, Travis Boak. Carl Amon was phenomenal. Had about seven hundred meters, seven clearances, thirty disposals. He's electric, um, and and gives him that uh, you know overlap run. Even Ratio Fantasia is just starting to get his um, mm. you know get his eye in moving into September. He he'd be electric on a place like the G if they uh, end up playing it here, but. Um, 
Yeah, oh, look, they look good. They look good. Mm. And, you know, I've been, I've been sort of what had a close watch on in terms of how how much impact are they going to have come finals time. I like what they did yesterday, but as you said, um, there's still little question marks because they haven't beaten anyone around them. Mm. No, so they've got the Bulldogs next week. So in their fir- in their last game of the year, going into finals, if they can get a win against the Bulldogs, do you two feel like that puts them into the conversation and then respect shall be given? My my pessimism around Port Adelaide is the pl- some of the players we mentioned go missing and haven't really stood up on on these big occasions where the where the whips have been cracking. So Fantasia, you spoke of. I want to see him do it against the Bulldogs. I want to see Charlie Dixon come out and actually really grab a game by the scruff of the neck neck in a in a big final or or a game next week against the doggies. So it, it's. Uh, Robbie Gray's been a bit down on form, and yesterday might have been a day where you can look at the uh, opposition. And some um, time in the middle too yesterday, yeah. Robbie Gray. So they're, they're looking to work with him, aren't they, Robbie Gray? Um, so there's some question marks for mine around some of their players on the list getting the job done against solidified op- 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 opposition. We'll get there in the end. Righto, Johnny Barker. I've held off as long as I can. What, oh, what, no. what to do oh, and, no. and what... What, to for the say selfie, for the about Carlton. So put it, <laughs> even put aside Mark Murphy's 300th game, I mean, it's the biggest ever loss that a team suffered in a 300-game in a milestone. And of all milestone games, I think the Swamp Thing was tweeting that Mark Murphy's got uh, two out of the top five losses in milestone games. So not exactly the way they'd want to honour uh, his way out uh, and his uh, big occasion. But there's bigger, much more important issues and that was just how quickly they fell in a hole. Yes, they were injury-ravaged and depleted. What's your take? I oh, look. I loved what I saw in the first first quarter and a bit, and um, the contest was pre- the contest was pretty good, and they, and they were pretty effective when they went forward. But uh, nineteen goals, nineteen goals, right? There's, there's no way you can wrap that up yeah. and make that look pretty, or or, or um, have any rationale behind a, a, a smacking like that. It's disappointing. Mark Murphy, who's a who's who's been a super player for a long period of time, obviously had every every chance to go and play at other clubs, but his loyalty was massive. It's disappointing to see for for a guy of that stature at that club. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's hard. It's still a little bit raw for me. Well, <laughs> I understand that. And I understand there's things just... that you can and you can't say. But so we heard David Teague say this isn't ideal for his gainful employment status. Um, at the club, I, I've felt all year that it's really tough on him, given it's only his second full year of coaching. Issues at Carlton that you'd be able to speak more to, obviously, predate him. And this is the coach that the players wanted. Yet yeah. he hasn't been able to get what he wanted from them. Yeah, to, to, to his point, too, the other, the other day he spoke about, it, it, it isn't. It isn't an ideal situation. You've got guys walking around the club asking asking players questions um, from a review point of view. You've mm. got the media just—it's a circus at the moment around the around the club. Yep. Um, it, it is not a great environment to, to construct high performance. Mm. Um, you know, he is a young coming coach. off a COVID year in a COVID year. A- absolutely, he's a young coach, and and um, you know, COVID has restricted the amount of support he's been able to get. You know, we we had. Um, he had a director of coaching um, in his first year, but COVID obviously um, pulled that. And I think that's one of the cr- most critical roles for a young coach is to have someone who's who's had some great experience around that can sit sit above and and just provide him with some provide him with some help. Um, so the environment hasn't been ideal, but those losses obviously are really disappointing. 
Yeah, and you look, look at the side they rolled out. There, there is, there was a sense going to that game yesterday. The, the debutant, Durden. Is it Durden? Corey Durden. Corey Durden yeah. gets an opportunity. And, and it's Brody clear. Kemp, I think, uh, Bendigo Boy yeah, uh, made I, his debut as well. Like, well and truly ahead of where he should be at the moment in his career when I was having a look back at some of you know, his VFL performance. That, that shows that they've got not much left and they're, they're scrapping the barrel and the, the experience they've lost. You know, Jack Martin out, Mackay out, Doherty out, Jones out, Zach Williams out. Yes, every, every club had but they came up against a side that actually was starting to, to really mould into a, yeah. what their best conglomerate looks like. Not, a, not to the tune of 95 points, and JB summed it up really well that... Mark Murphy's last game. You've got to find a way to – you can't let him stack on 19 in a row. Maybe three or four and, and be really honourable in, in a 40-point loss, but 90 points is, is a coach killer. Johnny, the other thing is that this is a second-year coach who we've just seen three mil cut from soft cap. So the support that far more experienced coaches are used to having and – by their own admission, are struggling with because it's not there anymore. And you've been in this situation where you're doing, you know, long, long days to cover up and, and, and do the work of the people that aren't there. You were the stoppage coach. Actually, top five or six in stoppages, I think, when you left. And it's obviously been an area that they've fallen away. So there's not a lot that's sort of conspired to, to assist David Teague. Yeah, well... That, that obviously hasn't helped him. Um, that wasn't blaming you, by the no, way. You no, made a decision that was best for you. <laughs> no, look, I, I, and I was – the conversation I had when I left was around um, finishing off the season. I, you know, I was just yep. giving the club a heads up to let them know that, you know, I had some business interests and, and, and wanted – you know, I just felt like my time in footy yep. um, from a coaching point of view was done. I wanted to spend more time with my young family on weekends and et cetera, et cetera. But um, – um, they they thought it was best to move then, and so that that, that was fine. We we both agreed on that. Um, but but you're right; it has been one of their strong suits um, over the last couple of years. They've been top three, top five last two years from a stoppage point of view. Um, you know they're they're obviously flying flailing around the ball at the moment. Um, but at, at the end of the day, um, like you said, the, the soft cap hasn't helped and doesn't help those young coaches. And no. and and the injuries yesterday, as as Mickey said. They're, like they're, you've got you've got the Coleman Medal winner basically not playing. You've got a literally catching everything He's against the Charlie Kennedy's only two two or three games back in after having two years two years off, two debutants. It doesn't help, but you just don't want to be seeing them getting smashed by nearly forty contested positions. That that's where you just expect boys to bite down on the mouth guard and go, no, nah, not today. You're at the club for 10 years. Last question before we come back with Scott Burns from the Adelaide Footy Club. You've been a caretaker coach there yourself. Should they keep true? Should they do what Damien Hardwick has said and show the courage in David, have the courage to stick with David Teague and, and to see through what they originally agreed to see through and then see where you're at at the end of that. Are they repeating the mistakes of the past by getting rid of another coach after a couple of years? But that's a call that you know I don't really want to <laughs> don't really want to make. But I'll get yelled at the, if I don't ask you on the text. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Why not, Mick? I'll get yelled and, at. And, and I've been asked a lot. So, yeah, yeah. And, but at the end of the day, what will happen is the review will be the review, and there's some smart footy heads that are going to work through what yeah. they see as the as the um, deficiencies, what they see as the the, the strengths of the program program as is, and they'll make a decision based on whether they think Tiggy and and some some help can get them to where they want to go or whether they think that that's not 
that's not possible based on the scenario that presents. But they've got some smart people looking into it and, mm. and working through that. Uh, and I'm sure they'll make the decision that they feel is in the best interest of the Carlton Football Club, what that is. Yeah. And, and there is a great template as we go to the break that even John Longmire, who's a premiership coach, identified an area that he might not have been as efficient in as others, and that was the attacking side of the ball. So yeah. they bring Don Pike in. Yeah, he's got, yeah. the, he's got the, the maturity now to say, let's get some help for me in this area. They do it. Look at the results. Yeah. Maybe it's to say, okay, Spot let's on. find a defensive-minded person to help out Teague in that area, and you never know what could change. It's a really good point. And, and just to get back on, on that director of coaching type role, you know, I was... Lucky enough to be at Hawthorne coaching under Clarko for a couple of years when Chris Fagan mm. was there as director of coaching and just saw how um, awesome he was at, at supporting yep. one of the greatest coaches of all time, by the way. Yep. But you just see the impact that has. Yep. And, and, and you know that's, that's for a coach who's as good as you'll see. Um, the young coaches need that too. Absolutely. And the soft cap has, has hurt the ability to be to able to that. provide that support. Uh, it's beautifully said. Great insight and we appreciate it. John Barker with us on Sunday Crunch Time uh, for Flight Centre. Win big Flight Centre. Five years of holidays big. Where will you go? Flightcentre.com.au slash win. Adelaide take on Melbourne today. We will speak to Scott Burns. It's been an intense uh, and uh, traumatic couple of weeks at the Adelaide Footy Club. We'll go inside the four walls with Scott Burns on the other side of this. Into the MCG, how good does it look? Bathed in sunshine, not a cloud in the sky, a little bit of a breeze that's sort of pushing across diagonally from the city end across to the punt road end. Uh, but it is a beautiful day for football and uh, it's a chance for Adelaide to be able to get back out on the field after it's been a really traumatic couple of weeks uh, for them in light of what's happened with Taylor Walker and the racial abuse uh, directed to Robbie Young. Uh, and the fallout from that continues to be felt, but uh, obviously very keenly inside the four walls. And they were fantastic uh, against Port Adelaide last week, got a really good start and were overrun in the end. So a chance for them to... Uh, do again uh, what no other side had been able to do up until round 10, and that's beat uh, Melbourne, which uh, Adelaide were the first to do this year. It was a fantastic scout. They were to take away all the weapons of the Ds. Uh, it was one of their finest performances for the year, a team that's on a rebuild, and a man that's having a big say in that uh, is Scott Burns, who's been good enough to join us uh, on match day. Scotty, hello to you. G'day, gentlemen. How are you going? Uh, we're really well. Um, we'll get to, out of the way early. We've heard Rory Sloan speak during the week about... How, how difficult and how painful things are at the moment. Um, how, as in your role, do you, uh, I suppose, do you, do you manage a situation like this? Oh, look, we've got terrific leaders and obviously with Sloaney and a terrific coach here with, with Nixie too that, um, yeah, look, it's like, like you said earlier with your, with your dialogue on the lead-in, it's, um, it's been tough because we've had... Uh, obviously boys that we love internally be affected and not, obviously there's a, a lot of external issues with it as well but you know day in day out we're with these people um, and, and they've um, felt it as much as anyone and, and, and Robbie too and we've got to make sure we we keep Robbie in the conversation it's not just about our players we've got internally but um, yep. I, all I can say is, it, is when you've been involved in a football club for, for less than a year um, and then the things that have happened over the last week and a half and the ability of the group to come together um, and show a huge amount of uh, trust, faith. Um, there's an environment that's safe. The boys are willing to speak up and talk. It's uh, We don't want to be, be put through this situation. We don't want anyone to be put through this situation ever again. But, um, 
And I, don't, I hate it when people say you've got to try and get a positive out of it, but there's one of these situations where I think we've grown as a club over the last week and a half internally. People might not see that externally yet, um, but it's uh, it's been super impressive, the, the characters and the people we've got at this organisation to, to help in these times when, when things aren't going quite as well as what we'd like. Well said, Scott. Mick Barlow here, mate. Where there was a positive was last week in the showdown, a real response from your team against Port Adelaide. Jumped out to a nice little lead uh, there for good parts of the game, but Port Adelaide just wheeled you in, but just got back to the basics, wasn't it? It was a, it was a wet weather type of operation where it was just contested footy, ground position, um, and backing your young guys in. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've we've sort of been in that uh, dilemma, I'm sure you boys, where you've been involved with with teams that are up and coming a little bit younger. Um, we certainly look at opposition. We know what they're good at and maybe there may be a few opportunities, but it's about us getting this, getting our systems and structures in place as best as we possibly can. And we've certainly worked on that over the last month, all year, but certainly focused on that over the last two or three weeks especially um, to make sure we finish off this season pretty strong. And we've had some pretty good teams. The Doggies were just too good for us um, up at Ballarat there a, a few weeks earlier. Um, we had a really good performance against Hawthorne, which was pleasing, especially when you see their form line over the last four to five weeks. Um, Port, um, last night, you can see how damaged they can be. And now we've got Melbourne here today at the MCG, who play this ground terrifically well. And they'd be pretty keen to come out here with guns blazing today because they've got a real opportunity to, to finish top two. So it's a, it's a massive challenge for us yet. We've got a young group. Um, but we've got a young group too that um, doesn't sit back on their heels too. They're prepared to take the game on. Um, physically, defensively and offensively. So it's uh, it'd be nice for him today to get out here and, and actually play. We we actually trained here three or four weeks ago when we came over um, for a short period of time and the boys are in the rooms. They go up to run up onto the ground and they didn't know where to go. They're actually running through the coaches' rooms. They're trying to ask where we have to... <laughs> the nearest exit to get up here. So we've, and I think today there's still 10 or 12 blokes that have never played at the MCG. So it's just a magnificent day, magnificent stadium, and against uh, one of the best teams in the comp this year. Yeah, it'll be a good exposure for them. And, and one guy that has had good exposure this year, and I love the way he goes about it. He is a nuts and bolts footballer, meat and veg. That's all he is. Harry Schoenberg last week, 31 possessions, gets it done in the contest. Just looks like an old school footballer. It'd be great to coach, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, and he's probably got a little bit more than that too. Yeah, he, I, I love the way he goes about it, but he's got something that we are not blessed in at this point in time around the midfield is just that little bit of ability with his legs, with his speed to get out because um, we've certainly got some strong players inside him and Keyes, Laird, and Sloney, but he certainly adds another dimension to us um, when he can get out the front or just knock that ground ball into his path and explode out of those um, stoppages or contested um, situations. So he's been terrific, only second-year player. So there's, as you can see, if you slowly go through um, the boys that have played this year, I mean, Scholl started terrifically well early. Scheinberg's finishing the season off really well. You've got Butts and Chase Jones has really turned it, turned it around behind the ball. McPherson's only not quite played 20 games yet, but he's starting to get back to some of the glimpses and signs that he showed last year. So there's certainly ability and talent, and we need to keep adding, but um, it's been pleasing to see the, the development of some of these players this year. Burnsy, Johnny Barker here, mate. Uh, good luck today. I saw your game against the Hawks uh, a couple of weeks ago and just... You obviously came with a plan with ball in hand, um, changed angles, really went to the open side, forced forced the Hawks to come out and defend you. And then when they did, as the game wore on, you could still play the long down the line game and win the contest and then and then play fast off that. What's your plan today? How, how do you see that unfolding against the against the D's? 
Yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah, actually spot on, Barks. Absolutely spot on that game. We, we certainly shifted the ball and got out the other side early that day and then Hawthorne closed us up a little bit, so it did become more of a straight-line game. Um, Melbourne here, look, whether we can do that or not, they defend the ground so well, we might not be able to get out around them and they're one of the best, um, you know, if you have to, if they're four teams long down the line and we, we can bring Gorn and Lever and May and those sort of boys into the game, which we don't really want to do. But sometimes yeah. you've got to take your medicine, you've got to cop it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I just, it's an interesting one. We, we still want to shift the ball as quick as we possibly can. Um, and this, it's not just against these specific teams. We, if we can move the ball quickly, we will. But um, when you've got a younger developing team, it's just um, the players and the coaches making sure we're all on the same page and that we understand the situations where we can take the game on. And other times we've just got to cool our jets and um, you know, go a bit more straight line. Yeah. Uh, short and sharp from us today, Scotty. Uh, we've, we've got to hit an ad break uh, at a set time, but thank you for your time uh, today and good luck uh, today with, with a couple of games to go. And you were able to do this year at that point what no team had been able to do, and that's to get a win against Melbourne. So all the best with it again today. No worries. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Good luck, bud. Scott Burns, Senior Assistant at the Adelaide Crows in his first year there now, and we appreciate that uh, Access from the Crows. Uh, we'll turn our attention to the D's in due course. Don't worry about that. There's still a bit to work through from yesterday as well. Sunday crunch time. It's wonderful to have your company. A couple of texts that have come through that we need to give attention to as well. And we'll do that on the other side of this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.